Hi and welcome to episode 67 of the LDS study session with me, host Matt Roberts. And um, I want to um, continue with our Come Follow Me study this week, uh, on this final day of the week, uh, looking at July the 29th to August the 4th, found in Acts chapter 22 verse 28, a minister and a witness. And we're going to continue looking at, I can choose to accept or reject the words of God's servants, uh, found um, in a number of sections within this, uh, these paragraphs. Now, what is interesting here is that there's a, I, we talked about yesterday um, the accounts of Paul talking to Felix, Festus and King Agrippa. We're going to move on now uh, looking at something a bit different because in those cases he was testifying of his uh, experience and his witness of the Saviour uh, to these particular individuals. Now we're going to look at an experience where he, he, he warned a group of people about imminent danger and they ignored that and see kind of the consequence of that and also apply it to ourselves and how we can be a voice of warning uh, to those around us. So in Acts chapter 27, uh, Paul is being taken to Italy uh, to stand before Caesar in Rome uh, and he, he speaks to the people before they leave. And he says in verse 10, and he said unto them, Sirs, I, perce I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. So uh, we then read in verse 11, uh, Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and owner of the ship more than those things which are spoken by Paul. Now, again, I mentioned yesterday how we can sometimes paint certain characters in the scriptures, you know, with the uh, view of 2,000 years later. And hindsight in a negative light. Uh, we see examples of that uh, with Laman and Lemuel and other people, for example. There are some times where I look at the actions of Laman and Lemuel in the Book of Mormon, and I, you know, as I was growing up, I just thought, oh, well, I'll, I don't want to be a Laman or a Lemuel. I'll never be like that, murmuring all the time. When actually, now that I'm an adult, I've realised I'm probably more like Laman and Lemuel in many things than I am than than I'm like Nephi. So. Perhaps we shouldn't be so quick to judge. Um, so it's very similar, I think, in this case, because don't forget this centurion listens to Paul and what he has to say, which, first of all, is interesting because Paul's meant to be taken as not as a prisoner, basically. So the fact that he's actually listened to Paul and his advice is you know, positive from the outset. But he does choose to ignore this advice from Paul and listen to the master and owner of the ship. Now, we need to remember this, this important context. Paul wasn't like Peter or John or a few other of the apostles who uh, sailed on the on the Sea of Galilee and, and caught fish. He wasn't particularly acquainted with the uh, the tides and the sea and the weathers of the of the of the ocean and the and the, and the sea. Uh, he was a Pharisee, uh, so therefore devoted to a life of religious uh, work and teaching and that kind of that kind of work. So here we have Paul, who is let's let's put it bluntly completely, um, you know, not in, taught in the ways of the ocean or qualified, uh, you know, to talk about the, the, the sea and what might happen if they set sail now. And then we have the, the master and owner of the ship, who I presume will have sailed more times than just a, than a few times. And so the centurion is, is led to a position where he's got to choose between what Paul is saying, who has, you know, not got a, a career on the sea, or this master and owner of a ship, who who I presume will have a, had a career on the ocean. Uh, so, when we look at this with hindsight, with with context, I should say, 
it's not surprising, really, that he doesn't listen to the warnings of Paul. And I think we have to be very careful here because, again, we might be, uh, in looking at this story, be quick to think, oh, well, we're like, we can be like Paul, you know, we should be warning our neighbours and things and, and other people that we know about the things that we know to be true, when often we actually might be found in the position of the centurion where we're given advice or counsel, possibly from the prophet of the Lord, or even from someone closer to us in relationship, maybe a bishop uh, or a church leader, an elders quorum president, a relief society president, and they might give some counsel to us, and we might look at them as completely unqualified uh, in giving advice in that particular area. Uh, perhaps, perhaps our bishop is um, a teacher or is a, um, I'm trying to think of another career choice, uh, or perhaps a doctor or, 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 or a medical professional, professional, but yet he may give us counsel in a financial area of our lives. And if we don't like that counsel, maybe like the centurion didn't like the counsel that they shouldn't set sail because he probably had a deadline to meet, then are we willing to take that advice from a uh, ordained servant of the Lord and go with it uh, with faith that it's from the Lord? Or are we more willing just to think, well, you're not qualified to give me that advice and direction. I'm going to ask someone else or I'm, or I'm going to ignore it. Uh, I think that we have to be very careful that we don't become like the centurion who didn't listen to the words of, of, of Paul and obviously um, was shipwrecked. What is it? What I did find interesting moving on uh, in this account is that in verse 10, Paul seems to insinuate that their lives are going to be damaged. But then in verse 23, uh, oh no, I should say verse 22 of chapter 27, uh, well, 21 and 22, it says, but after long abstinence, one, now that they're on, this, on, the, on the boat, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm, harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. So here, he seems to insinuate that the counsel that he's been given from the Lord has changed, that originally it was going to be the ship and their lives that were going to be damaged, but now it's just going to be the ship. And I think this is another important lesson because we are, we, I was listening to an excellent podcast uh, a few a couple of days ago uh, on the Leading Saints podcast, which I'll put a link to here in the show notes. Um, and the brother who was being interviewed on this podcast was talking about how we need to look carefully at what is doctrine in the church and what things are not doctrine. And there is obviously key doctrines in the church the resurrection of our Saviour Jesus Christ, uh, the fact that the Book of Mormon is, is Scripture, is the Word of God, um, you know, many, many other things which are doctrines of the Church, that we are children of God, and that kind of thing. And then there are other things which are policies or practices in the Church which necessarily have changed over time. We look at the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and there are things which have been move forward in the in the latter days in the restoration and again remembering that the restoration is actually happening still now it didn't happen that, that spring day in 1820 uh with the the heavenly father and the savior appearing to joseph smith but that was part of the restoration that began the restoration the restoration is continuing until the time that all things have been restored unto one when the savior comes to the earth um and so i think that thinking about that process and I, I really encourage you to listen to that podcast it's quite a long one but I really learned a lot from it about how the word of the Lord it doesn't change over time but it's added to line upon line precept upon precept over time so when things change for example um, 
certain ordinances or practices in the temple change, we shouldn't find that as a faith-shaking, uh, testimony-switching, um, paradigm-changing announcement, but that is simply just the church receiving further in, in, in revelation from the Lord to guide and, and lead his saints toward that day when he will return on the earth. Uh, similar here, Paul said, we are, going to, we are going to suffer damage in life and in the ship, but actually now it's, it's the ship. That's not because he made it up or because the word or because God had changed what he was going to do, but simply that they were trying to, they were, he had to receive that revelation at that time for a reason. Uh, so I just thought that that was an interesting uh, instance in the scriptures where the word of the Lord develops over time. Uh, now, there's a, a couple of great uh, things to look at in this section to help us. There was a Second Nephi 33, 1-2, Joseph Smith History 1, 24 and 25, um, both very good. So I'm going to try and rush, rush through these and give them the, uh, the, the focus that they, that they deserve, but not too long, because obviously we've come up to the 10-minute mark already. In Second Nephi 33, verses 1 and 2, I'm not going to read it because of the time, but it is a very interesting couple of verses where we learn about the speaker or someone teaching by the Holy Ghost allows the Holy Ghost to go to the heart of the one who is listening. And it is then the, the choice of the one who is listening to accept or reject that spirit. Uh, when I was on my mission, we had Elder David A. Bednar visit. And uh, he oh, he taught us from the scriptures from this chapter in 2 Nephi 33 for about five or six verses. And we were on those five or six verses for about two hours. And it was honestly so uplifting and edifying. I made a comment actually about how as missionaries it was incumbent upon us, it was important for us uh, to have the Spirit with us because if we didn't and we didn't bring the Spirit with the words that we say to the hearts of the people, it wasn't then, then them who was rejecting or accepting the Spirit. It was us that was withholding the Spirit from our words uh, to be able to then go to the heart of the person and therefore we would be in condemnation for that. And I think that this relates very closely to what... Um, Elder Christopherson talks about in his talk, The Voice of Warning, found in April 2017, uh, where he talks about how we need to have the Spirit with us and we need to speak the words to people to give them that warning or it is a problem for us. And we're just going to go to a few things that he said. One first one uh, about parents. Quote, a crucial element of the parental duty to warn is to paint not only the demoralizing consequences of sin, but also the joy of walking in obedience to the commandments. I think we're very um, straight to being the, the negative voice of warning, but actually a voice of warning can also include a very positive message about the restoration and, and the blessings associated with that. He mentions about how Jesus was not hesitant to warn because of his incomparable love and concern for others. But there was something else that he said which really stood out to me, um, talking about a voice of warning. Uh, he says this, quote, Sometimes those who raise a warning voice are dismissed as judgmental. Paradoxically, however, those who claim truth is relative and moral standards are a matter of personal preference are often the same ones who most harshly criticise people who don't accept the current norm of correct thinking. Close quote. I think that this is a very insightful uh, point to make. As members of the church, we know that there are a number of um, beliefs and practices that we have which some now would, would consider uh, to be uh, bigoted or, or something like, or, 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 some, or some other phrases which are quite, uh, quite judgmental. 
uh, one in particular being our view on, on relationships in marriage. Obviously, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we believe marriage to be ordained of God and it to be between a man and a woman. Now, obviously, there are many, many people in the world and pe many people that I know uh, who would see that as old-fashioned, as backward thinking, as not uh, inclusive uh, to, to all people. And, you know, from their perspective, I can understand why they may say that. However, that is our belief and that is what we... Uh, feel is is the is has been ordained and called of God, but I think that what is interesting is that whilst, and I I am straight away making sure to point out that this um, attitude is not to the to the whole or to even the majority, but there is a minority of people who believe that obviously that marriage should be for all, uh, no matter uh, whether it's man or woman or or between a man and a man or a woman and a woman. Um, that sometimes if they hear that there are people like myself who who don't believe this, they could be quite harsh and um, cruel with their words about what we believe. And I think that that is interesting because in the practice of being inclusive and loving to all, they actually are quite hateful to those that have di beliefs different to their own. Uh, so I think that uh, it's just something which should be taken on board and, and thought of more carefully. That yes, I I believe that marriage should be between a man and a woman, but I'm not going to sit here and judge those who think otherwise be and, and act otherwise because, well, quite frankly, I've got my, many of my own faults that I'm working with. And so if I'm going to judge others, then I should be ready to be judged myself. And I think that members, as members of the church, we should be, rem be mindful of that, that on the other side of the spectrum, there are members of the church who believe that, ma that marriage should be between a man and a woman, and anyone who believes otherwise, they, they again are quite harsh with their words and quite cruel with, with the way they talk about these people. And that should not happen either. So I think that it's something which we should all take on board. I want to close with a quote uh, which I found in the Joseph Smith history. But so well, it's linked to the Joseph Smith history uh, verses there, where Joseph Smith is talking about how he received this vision and he could not deny it. President Harold B. Lee uh, said this about this quote, quote, the prophet Joseph Smith in this modern day in this modern day was facing martyrdom at the hands of enemies for saying that he had seen the vision seen visions in which God the Father and his son and others who had lived upon the earth had appeared to him as living resurrected glorified beings like the apostle Paul he dared not deny having had these heavenly manifestations lest by doing so he would offend God and come under condemnation close quote and I think it's important to remember that those who have received a testimony of this restoration of the Jesus being their saviour and the Book of Mormon being the word of God and this church being true, not perfect, not complete, but true and having revelation from God um, that um, we should testify to those, to others, our neighbours, our friends. Well, well, not just our friends, but our neighbours and neighbours obviously is including of everyone when we think of uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, that they should listen to these words and consider them with the spirit for themselves. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, slightly longer podcast today. There's just a lot in there, so I'm glad I did split, split this section up into two yesterday and today. If there's anything that you have uh, that you wish to share, uh, whether it's linked to this or anything else that you've been studying, I'd love to hear from you at MattSRoberts90. I'm really grateful. Um, I've obviously done 67 of these episodes now, so I've been doing this, I can't believe it, for just over a month. Uh, I have managed to do it pretty much daily. There was a little blip in the middle somewhere where I did a couple of episodes in one day to catch up. Uh, but I've noticed that there are a few subscribers now and, and people are listening. So 
And if there's anything you have to share, I'd love to hear from you uh, on my Twitter profile there. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day uh, on, the, on this wonderful Sabbath day. And until we meet again, 